Aloha from Maui, Hawaii. It's Michael Benner with today's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. Nice to be with us. Today is part five of our introduction to meditation and contemplation for stress management. And as we continue in coming weeks, we'll talk about many of the other applications of meditation and um, contemplation beyond stress management many of the personal development benefits, and many of the spiritual benefits that will accrue as you set aside 10 or 15 minutes once, ideally twice a day, uh, just to center yourself in that place between awake and asleep. Brain researchers call it the alpha brainwave level. It's a real place, about 10 cycles per second, and everybody has experience with this place. You know it, but it usually comes upon us inadvertently, uh, accidentally, spontaneously. And most people have no idea how to bring it about deliberately. The word meditation still carries connotations of Eastern religion. Many people are confused about that. I suppose if you're listening to us today, you probably probably already have a pretty good idea that meditation as a practice and the many benefits that come from meditation um, are not limited in any way to spiritual development. That's certainly what it comes from, thousands and thousands of years of practice, not only in the East, but around the world. All religions have prayer and meditation, particularly the contemplation or contemplative types of meditation. We'll do a program in the coming weeks where we talk about the difference between contemplation or and meditation. Maybe the best way to say it is that of all the many types of meditation, contemplation is one. But it's the one most people think of. They say to me often, you mean the one where I have to stop thinking altogether? Well, that's not likely to happen, at least not for more than a nanosecond or two until you become practiced. And that's the problem, what for centuries has been a practice of personal and spiritual development has really become an imperative necessity in this 21st century with the high-tech uh, lifestyles, the pace at which we live, the feeling of being out of control, the overall confusion from just being overstimulated has made meditation and contemplative practices almost mandatory. So. Today in this free intro, we'll talk a little about intuition and suggestion, the idea that the conscious mind and the subconscious mind have a relationship that keeps them, for the most part, rather disintegrated. And I'd like to talk for a few minutes this afternoon about how to integrate or gain access, conscious access, to what used to be called the unconscious 
and now tends to be called more often than not the subconscious mind. What is the unconscious? What is the subconscious? And uh, I'd suggest you read the newsletter carefully. If you'd like a little background on the idea of unconsciousness and how that developed in the minds of philosophers and psychologists and brain researchers over the year, how Freud and Jung and Genet developed the idea in this past century of an unconscious mind and the different parts of the unconscious and how it came to be called, thanks to Pierre Genet, really, about a hundred years ago, the subconscious. As studies around meditation, self-hypnosis, and hypnosis began to reveal that we really could get access to what we always presumed was unconscious. Well, if you can consciously access the unconscious, uh, that doesn't make the unconscious conscious. It just means you've consciously accessed this normally submerged or seemingly uh, inaccessible aspect of mentality. Profound creativity, for example, is often called intuition. And people that develop their intuition, who trust it and honor it, know that it's a lot more than creativity, that this is an important point. Intuition is not limited to some recombination of information we've already got in our heads. That would be very creative or innovative. But intuition often it not only allows a bigger picture and promotes the ability to experience a uh, a full and far-reaching concept, but there is often new information that's provided. Where does it come from? Uh, deep in the unconscious mind, and we're going to talk about this in depth in the premium training that follows this meditation class after this free forum at 1.30 Pacific Time, 4.30 in the East today. We go to the premium training, and you can register or enroll for that at any time if you haven't already. Simply uh, go to theagelesswisdom.com. You can do it on the fly between these two classes. The Ageless the T-H-E's part of it is, I'm sure you know by now, the W's dot theagelesswisdom.com. Click on enter to go inside, and then on the navigation links over on the left side, choose webinars, and then premium training to take you right inside. You can enroll in a single class or sign up at a discount for a 13-week term. You can also enroll for a really deep discount uh, for a full year. So check that out. At any time, you can go there now. You can go there uh, during the five minutes between this presentation and the premium training that starts in about uh, what, 20, 25 minutes, something like that. But I want to expose you to the idea here in the free forum, and as we always do, we'll practice 
a meditation exercise in a few minutes, and I want to have all of this available to you. Uh, remember also, there are in our archives over 170 classes that are absolutely free that run, most of them, two hours, an hour and a half to two hours in length on a variety of topics. 170 classes in that free archive. You can help yourself to that, and you'll see that when you go to that same page. TheAgelessWisdom.com. Click on Enter and then Webinars, and you'll see both this free forum from 1 to 1.30 Pacific, and right next to it, the premium training that begins at 1.30 uh, Pacific time this afternoon. All of this live, and uh, all of it available by replay. And uh, that's what the archives are for. And then if you have enrolled and registered in the premium training, make sure you hold on to the email that gives you the passwords and the URL link so you can come back at any time and check that out. That program, of course, is not podcast and, and not posted because it's private. So let's continue our introduction of this idea that besides the conscious mind, and again, there still are many researchers that think of the mind as being the product of the brain and that some of it is conscious and most of it is unconscious. Like an iceberg, the conscious mind is often compared to the tip of the iceberg, that small 5 to 10% that stands above the waterline, and the incredible powers of the subconscious or unconscious mind, the bulk of the iceberg, 90% or more, that is submerged below the surface. But if you're still thinking of the mind as a function of what the brain does, I'd suggest you consider, at least, a much more traditional, mystical, metaphysical understanding that the brain is an organ that the mind works through. Just like the heart is not the source of blood, the heart just pumps the blood, the blood moves through the heart, and I'd have you consider that the mind, whatever that energy is, that consciousness or that awareness, works through the brain. And when scientists study the brain, that's what they're witnessing, not consciousness produced by the brain, though that's what most empiricists are forced to believe. They live in a universe of energy and mass, of spirit and matter. But a, a brain that is experiencing this energy, this magnetic life force, we've called it chi and ki and prana and kundalini and alan vital or holy spirit, if you wish, that works through the brain and that it's actually three parts to the universe, the energy and the mass that Einstein talked about. But then there's consciousness. And this is the unified field theory that Einstein worked on all of his life. The idea 
that consciousness is everywhere equally present, sort of like a radio signal that never fades. It doesn't diminish in any way. Uh, this, it's like the ocean, which is everywhere. If you're a fish, there's no place that's not wet. Like the oxygen, if you're walking around on the earth, uh, <clears throat> everywhere you go, there's going to be air. So consciousness is everywhere, equally present. Consciousness is also called spiritual love, a much higher frequency than emotional love. And that it's conscious awareness that unifies energy and mass, or spirit and matter. So it's good to talk as a scientist about a world where energy and mass are the only elements and they're convertible. Every material thing is really energy in form. Um, Blavatsky said energy vibrating at its lowest frequency. And energy is mass or matter, the physical stuff, vibrating at its highest frequency. There are two forms of the same thing. But then you have to deal with the fact that life is conscious, that we're sentient. As the ancient wisdom says, I am that which is aware that I am. You're not the I am so much. You're not the thought, I am. You're not even the feeling, hey, here I am, I exist. You're the awareness that your thoughts and feelings will reveal that you exist. That may sound a little deep, a little pithy, rather heavy when you're first exposed to it, but it's not that hard a concept, especially as you begin to practice meditation, contemplation. Start watching your breath, and unavoidably, in time, it may be just a few sessions, it may be a few weeks, before you begin to get a sense of witnessing your body breathe in these deeply relaxed states, almost as if it were somebody else's body. You sort of detach and get outside yourself, and you're like the omniscient narrator in a good novel, standing off to the side, witnessing everything, right? Or being that person in the movie theater that is involved, but you can't participate. You're, <laughs> you're just over here watching it all unfold. Well, it's a very definite feeling that unfolds, or it sort of pops into your awareness as a beginning meditator. And then you realize, well, if I'm not the breather, I seem to be, I usually leave it on autopilot, but I'm practicing this meditation. I'm watching myself breathe. But if I'm more than the guy that's doing the breathing, if this body can breathe itself all by itself, and I'm free to take a step back to detach and mindfully be aware of the fact that I'm breathing. Look, this body breathing itself all by itself, and I'm over here watching it. Well, then maybe I could do the same thing with my thoughts. And maybe I could do the same thing with my feelings. Maybe I could detach and sort of zoom out just a little bit, take a step or two back, and look at this stream of consciousness in terms of the thoughts 
thoughts and feelings that are being generated and decide that I don't have to believe everything I think. Now that can be a <laughs> that that can be a really big breakthrough. I, I think that is profound. I don't have to believe everything I think. Remember when we were little kids at some point, our parents or teachers or some authority figure probably pulled you aside when you were impetuous and said, yeah, well, if Billy told you to jump off a bridge, would you do it? And the truth is, yeah, most of us would. In a, <laughs> in a minute, if somebody told us to do something and you're a kid, you're pretty much trained by rote to do what you're told, right? The ability to think for yourself is a wonderful ability. I mean, how could you be free? How could you enjoy any kind of liberty if you can't think for yourself? That's why propaganda like Fox News, disguised as news, or limiting yourself to any particular source or narrow source of current events information is so dangerous because you begin to rely on it. You accept it as high credible. You assign to it some sort of credence or authority and stop the critical process. We, as good consumers of news and current events, need to examine diverse and even antagonistic sources and then learn to think for ourselves, to look at the in-between these two different accounts of this one incident. You know, this channel says this, and this newspaper says this, and this magazine said that. And I'm going to read them all, especially because they're different. And look at the gaps in between and learn to think for myself. So you don't have to believe everything you think. You don't have to do everything you think. You don't have to buy into your own internal propaganda because the truth is the ego is very self-critical. It's very negative. It is a fear-based fight-or-flight survival mechanism and part of its job in keeping you safe is taking a parent's voice or the voice of somebody in your life that's criticized you and beating you over and over again with this idea that you're really pretty stupid and you often make bad decisions and you're inadequate and by the way, you're not pretty, and you're not smart, and you're not any good at this, and you sure don't deserve that. And uh, none of this is true. But there are thoughts that are generated by our anxiety, by our stresses in normal consciousness. So when we can find that alpha place, that brainwave level of 10 cycles, plus or minus a few, as we're about to practice now. You can do it in five minutes. You can calm all of that hysteria and mania down, all of that self-loathing and worry and doubt and confusion, and begin to see with the third eye that we talked about last week and the week before, that Ajna Center to visualize and even Christ said, when the eye becomes single, 
the body is filled with light. You become enlightened, even if only for the short time that you're practicing the meditation. And now you can see this bigger picture and be the awareness of the thought and say, no, I'm not, I'm not buying that thought. Yes, I like this thought. This one we're going to put on the back burner because we're just not so sure. And the same thing with emotions, all of which we'll discuss in detail in the premium training. So why don't you settle back and sit, sit nice and straight but not rigid and take a couple of slow, deep breaths as you close your eyes now. Shoulders back and down, head nicely balanced, and just breathe in and out. Some nice, slow, deep yoga breaths, right? Inhaling through the nose, slowly hold as you peek, and as you exhale, ah, feel that letting go, that sigh of relief. That is a sigh of release, dropping muscular tension. Create and sense right now. Tight muscles unwinding and tension falling away. As you allow your breathing to find now a natural rhythm or cadence, just let your body breathe itself. And consider as you relax that you're opening a valve effortlessly. It's like turning on the faucet and the water that was held back by the pressure of the faucet being closed now flows freely. As you relax, it's as if a valve opens or dilates between the conscious and subconscious mind. So that when you ask a question, the conscious mind inquiring of the subconscious, the subconscious will process it and answer you, but it's not immediate like the mind answers back quickly. It may take 10 or 15 or even 20 seconds for the subconscious to answer. So try that. Trusting your intuition now. Bring to mind a question that you've been asking yourself about yourself and about your life in the last few hours or last couple of days. And ask that question of yourself now, silently. You don't have to say it out loud. Just wondering, ask yourself this question and wait for an answer. Give yourself a good 10 or 15 seconds. Just ask the question once. And wait for an answer to form. It may come as if words are spoken to you. It 
it may come as a picture. The response from the intuition may just come as a feeling in your body. But wait for it. And if the mind distracts you with irrelevant thoughts, like what am I going to have for dinner tonight, or did I pay that bill, or when am I going to get the car fixed, whatever, just let it go, take a breath, perhaps repeat this single question, and wait for an intuitive response. the sense of confirmation that comes with it, a feeling of, yeah, that's it. And as that comes to you, say to yourself silently, I can do that. I can see this happening, this goal or solution, this benefit, this desired result. We can do that. I see that. Feel good about it. Get passionate. And bring that with you as you inhale now. And exhaling. uh, Open your eyes wide awake, back in the room, feeling fine. In fact, better than before. All right? Just a quick little exposure to how to receive and send in these relaxed states. Sitting receptive. Ask a question, conscious to subconscious and wait for a response to come back as words or a picture or just a feeling. Learn to trust that intuition, provided it's in a relaxed state. If you're in an anxious or nervous state, what you call a gut feeling will just be instinct, and that's of your animal nature, not your higher nature. We'll do a program on the difference between instinct and intuition. Instinct is the real gut feeling. It's actually below the gut. Intuition comes from the heart. It's a a much higher vibration. Hey, thanks for being here. And if you're enrolled, we'll see you in just a couple of minutes at the premium training for the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. And if you'd like to enroll just for a single class, jump over to theagelesswisdom.com. Click on Enter, Webinars, and Premium Training, and you can sign up in less than 60 seconds. The thank you page will give you the passwords you need, the URL to visit, and you'll get an email later that will have that same information, and you can hold on to that and then come back to the replays. This free forum, check out the archives and the free replays anytime you'd like. Tell your friends, and thanks a lot for being here. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. Aloha from Maui. This is Michael Benner.